This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, a bonus show. 233 days now since Bristol City won a game at Ashton Gate and the counter was almost reset last night in what would have been a smash and grab victory in my opinion. But we played better at home for me against Swansea and lost than in the two draws at home to Preston and Luton. But that's my opinion. Let's get the opinion of my co-host Matt. Matt, what do you think about that? Morning, Patch. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it would have been daylight robbery to have got three points, but they're the games you do need to get the three points, especially with our record at home. Um, and the fact, you know, it's, it's almost farcical. When you look at those numbers, or dates rather, um, it's just hard to believe. And you can understand fans' frustrations, um, the manner of the goal as well. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and then what we've got next up is Fulham, I think, at home, which... Yeah. You know, they won four one away against a, a a Birmingham side who've been in real good form. So I think that record might extend. Absolutely, yeah. It just takes the takes the sort of the extra little bit of excitement out of going up to London on Saturday. Obviously, by Saturday morning, I'm sure we'll be at fever pitch. But uh, yeah, it just takes the shine off it a little bit. Um, yeah, we does. were going, yeah, we're, we're going to have uh, Colin Sutton on Sats uh, this morning, but unfortunately, one of his. Uh, children isn't very well so get well soon um and rob will be joining us um very soon it's 8 a.m uh the morning after the night before uh i was just left so bitterly disappointed and dejected matt that sort of you know the feeling that we are going to break that hoodoo and get that win at home and then it's just it just the life gets taken out of you doesn't it yeah it does and, and like i said i think it's, it's the manner of the, the way we conceded, the fact it was another late goal like Blackpool, the fact it was another sort of ball down the line and a, a simple tapping across. Um, and, and, you know, all right, let's put it into perspective. We, we got away with a point and you, you could look at it in the chances that Luton missed as if it was a point gained. But our home record dictates the fact that, you know, we need to be seeing those sort of games out. Um and as I say, you know, as, as great as Dan Bent has been for us, when he makes a Rick, he makes a proper Rick, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> he doesn't seem to get away with it. And, and for me, that one, I, I'd have expected my under sevens goalie, you know, back mm. in the day to be picking that up. It was really, really poor from him. And it's a, it's a strange one as well, because like listen to the radio on the way home, you know, a couple of people were saying that if that goal hadn't have gone in, we would have come away, you know, delighted. But you know, the performance was still one that is it's back to the seasons seasons gone by where we've nicked a one nil and it's not been the most entertaining game and you know it's been a bit of a smash and grab. So, you know, it, it is a point gained. It's a bit like Saturday, you know, it was very much expected, you know, we're happy with the point. Yeah, I mean I I as a as a game, because obviously Luton were quite attacking in Physical, you know, I, I didn't think it was too bad a game, and and you know, we we were in the game, and you know, there were there were passages of play that were okay. So I I didn't feel that it was as dull a game as we witnessed, you know, so many times last season. Mm. But it's probably up there with the Middlesbrough 
game this season is our poorest game. Um, certainly been our poorest game at home. Um, and actually, I thought the atmosphere last night from the fans was really, really good. Um, so there well, was certainly in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, there wasn't any excuse for it. I think tactically, obviously, Nigel Pearson got it wrong um, with changes that he made during the game. Um, and it, it it worries me. And, and I was having a bit of a um, a debate discussion with the, the guy Martin sits behind me, a mate of mine known for years, about Chrissy Martin. Um, and, and he wouldn't be playing Chris Martin. Um, and I said to him, I, I actually think, you know, he, he's almost one of the first names on my team sheet. But last night there was a passage of play in the second half where we broke and the ball got played over and it was the, it was a bouncing ball that the centre-half and Martin challenged for. And you kind of thought, had that been a Famaro who'd come off the bench, mm. he would be winning that ball. But Martin had run his legs off again. Um, and it's, it's a real problem for me. And, and I do genuinely believe we made a mistake not signing a physical number nine to compete with Chris Martin. You know, he's obviously said Louis Britton, he doesn't feel he's ready at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was... It was yeah, very, very, in the way very that, publicly as well. Exactly, yeah, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. Although, you know, I did see a comment from someone, a mate of mine, Andy, um, which I understood that sort of said, maybe it's clever management, you know, letting him know that he is in his thoughts in, you know, this is what he needs to achieve. Um, but, you know, you can you can discuss it either way. Mm. But, yeah, you, you, you know, you look at it on paper. If we'd got a point at Cardiff, maybe drawn against Preston and won last night, then then things don't look so bad. But it is football and it is a results business, both from a, a management point of view, but especially from a fan's point of view. And we are going to look at the result and it is yet another game at home that we haven't managed to win. And I, again, like the Blackpool one, in the scheme of how the game finished, it's a game we should have won. You know, yeah. I know overall not probably, but you ride your luck and if you don't score, you don't score. We did and we should have seen it out. It's, it's a strange one for me. It was obvious, blatantly obvious that that was target number one, was a number nine uh, to give Chris Martin competition. Um, and that was a, an area that we didn't strengthen in, in the transfer window. So very, very odd. I know, I know he's sort of saying that he, you know, he's not going to just buy someone for the sake of it unless it strengthens the team. I get that. Um, but it was quite clear that that's what we needed. You know, Chris Martin may, may or may not last the whole season. He's been doing a good job. He's been doing what's asked of him. But without that competition on the sidelines and someone to come on, and if Lewis, Lewis Britton isn't that man, then you, you need someone else because he doesn't seem to be up for changing the formation that we start with. He's gone from, you know, uh, you know, four, two, four, two, three, one, was it? Um, you know, in early yeah. days to, to four four one one and almost now into a four four two. Yeah. He, he's clearly stated he's not interested in three at the back, uh, you know, three, five, two, anything like that. So if you're gonna play that way, you've got to have someone in the sidelines who can come in and, and replace Chris Martin. Yeah, you have. Um, you know, and, and I I thought, although again, you 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 can't criticize work rate and everything else. And that's that's a prerequisite for me. Um, you know, that that should be just the basic fundamentals. But I thought both Andy Vyman and Chris Martin, ironically, after international breaks, both looked quite tired last night. Um, and yeah, I, I do think it was a mistake. I, I absolutely agree with Nigel Pearson that if you couldn't get the target you wanted for the, the right price, then yeah, you don't want another Dione situation um, or anything like that. But it's just, you know, we, we've, we've drawn against Preston and Luton 
um, who realistically aren't going to be up there challenging, are they? Yeah. Um, and and actually, maybe that shows where we are. You know, we're drawn against the team yeah, that it's, one of the, it's what we said last week. It's yeah. our expectation at the start of the season was was mid table. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just it just gets frustrating once you get yeah. that dangling carrot of let's get a win tonight, and we you know yeah. puts us up into well, whatever position, etc. On the back of Cardiff as well, a great away result and a great performance, a great atmosphere yeah. it adds to it I think that the thing for me is in in both games Preston and Luton they missed some really really good chances to yeah put the game to bed to put us out of sight we're not missing really good chances we're creating moments but again last night I mean a, um, a mate of mine said I think we had 11 shots at one point he was saying and I'm like I cannot remember that for the <laughs> life of me I don't know what it finished um, I couldn't remember that for the life of me. I couldn't really remember their keeper making a save last night. You imagine we give them the opportunities, you know, give Fulham the opportunities that Preston and Luton have had. And yeah. You've got Mitrovic, Bobby Reed, yeah. the players of that calibre. They're not they're not going to squander as many chances no. as we've seen the last two games, are they? It's going to be no. backs to the wall, um, and, which is doesn't I'm not looking forward to, quite frankly, at home. No, and, and I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, QPR away, the way that QPR have been playing. Um, you know, you give Charlie Austin and people like that the, the chances. You know, they're gonna punish us. But I just feel it, I feel more confident going away though, Matt. It's it, I feel so sorry for people that can't or don't travel yeah. to away games, and they've that's all they've seen. Yeah. We've seen two, maybe even three away performances that we've been ex- got excited about. Yeah, like you say, Mid- Middlesbrough not being the the, the one really. Everything else. Um, you know, we've been in games and it's been a, a good atmosphere and, and I totally agree with you, I think. I only got to look around at people's faces last night to see the the, the feeling of, about those performances. Um, but it's, again, it comes back for me, it's, it's the way we're setting up, um, it's the way the players that we've got in the side with the formation he wants to play, uh, you know, maybe with a, a Semenyo wide and a Kalamodada wide, it's a different kettle of fish. Um, but but we're not seeing... Like last night, I didn't see the fluidity. And if I'd come on... If that was the first game I'd watched last night, which for, for many it will have been um, mm. going to Ashton Gate. And, you know, I've, I've got friends who still haven't gone back down because of the, the pandemic, but some, some more returned last night. For many people watching that, they would have gone... I've not seen any progress since yeah. last season or the season before. And that's the truth. It wasn't last night. But again, putting it into perspective, I was a bit more buoyed the weekend. And and before that, I, you know, I think the Preston game was a, a better game from our point of view. But yeah, yeah, not not good enough. Really not good enough. Um, and what was a little bit worrying, I know it was a Wednesday night. I know it was on the red button, but the, the attendance was given out as something like 16,000. But it certainly didn't look like that to me. There was lots of empty seats. <laughs> well, do, do you know what? There was. Ironically, when we were in the concourse, I actually felt it was busier than Saturday. Now, whether that's because more people came in underneath, you know, because the the, the facilities or whatever were slightly different outside, but um, underneath, I actually thought it felt busier. But you're right, when you got in, mm. it didn't feel the same. But again, if if you're not a season ticket holder, the fact is on TV, the fact we've gone what we've gone from home, not winning, <laughs> are you going to spend your money to come down and watch it and think, oh, exactly. we're not likely to win, you know? 
for me, for me, something's got to change at home. It's, maybe it's time to just change things up. Change, drop one for the Bristol City. Drop galvanize. Drop all these uh, little bits and pieces, and just go completely different. Change the mental mindset of the players, of the fans. You know, it's, something's got to change. Rob is with me, and you, Matt. Rob, yeah. thanks for joining in at the eleventh hour. How are you? Just woke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming round. Um, but. Um, Caught the tail end of pretty much. I might not have, shouldn't really have bothered because I think Matt's just said pretty much most of what I was about to say. But um, <laughs> great minds, mate. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Um, let's start with the starting lineup as we always do. There was one change um, and it was Andy King dropping out and uh, Scott coming in with Masengo tucking in. Um, that was one change that we predicted on the weekend. But we also predicted that Baker would drop out and De Silva would come in, Matt. Were you surprised? I was. I was. Um, said at the weekend, you're playing four centre-halves at the back. Um, you know, so so two players, albeit I know he wants to convert Zach Viner into a right back. I, I personally think he is a centre-back. But you're playing two players there at the back out of position. Um, Alex Scott isn't right midfield. I think you're not getting the best out of the lad. He, he needs to be playing in either is that one behind the one or, you know, is the one behind the two, whichever way you look at it. It, it felt for me as though it was about getting Masengo in the middle. Um, Andy King looked obviously a bit leggy the weekend, but I would have gone Semenyo right. I think, you know, he showed on Saturday, um, he caused a few problems. And I was surprised that it was Alex Scott that came in um, mm. against a, a very... Pre- pre- sorry, Preston. Luton physically very strong. They got some really big boys out there, but they've also they also play in the style of their manager on the sidelines. He's a, a bloke. I don't know. I don't like from what I see in the way that he is. He's a a real ratty, tigerish little nasty piece of work from the the sidelines. And I don't mean that personally. I don't know Nathan James, but they play in that way. They're they're in your face. They're you know trying to wind you up. Um, little one. And, and I was just surprised he went with Alex Scott, um, as good as he is. Um, but yeah, it surprised me. What do you think Alex Scott fits into the team, Rob, for you? We, we've seen flashes of brilliance from him. You know, when he came on against Aston Villa in that second half and started to cut inside, you you really sort of opened your eyes to the possibilities um, that Alex Scott uh, possesses. And the flashes at Reading as well, you know, setting up that goal for Andy Vyman and being a bit more tenacious. Where do you, where do you see him fitting into the team? Because he's obviously a massive talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt. I think he's, and it's not just Scott. Uh, I sent to the the group last night. You might remember, but um, I think he's, we really can't go down this road of putting round round pegs and square holes all the time. Square pegs and round holes, even. Um, but yeah, for me, he is, at this stage, his game is that of a number 10. Um, in the middle, influencing things. He might not get that many opportunities throughout the season, and that's fine. You know, this is his his first real season. Let's just blood him in when we've got the opportunity. He's likened to Grealish, and obviously now Grealish has developed to almost the left equivalent of where we're pitching him Scott in last night. But that's come many, many years down. Grealish knows his game inside out and he's adaptable. Scott needs to join the first team, 
playing in a position that, that suits him, that is familiar to him. And his adaptability, if you like, can come later. Mm. Um, but but for the now and the moment, I think we need to use him when we've got opportunities to use him as a 10. Yeah. Um, totally with Matt. I, you know, I'd have Semenyo and actually show some intent. Semenyo has been playing right in midfield um, for a number of times now. The same I would have played De Silva at left back because I think our balance is all wrong. Um, I think I think we should even have Simpson at right back or obviously George Tanner. Um, but I'd rather have a proper right back at right back. Um, yeah, this, yeah, that was uh, something that... This continual, you know, yes, we, we picked a team for Cardiff, but we're now two games on. Yeah. And we're, we're picking the same back four, and we just don't have that mobility with four set halves along the back. I mean, he brought Danny Simpson in, and obviously, you know, you would think that you was expecting for him to get game time. But yeah, as you say, for the last uh, few games, he's playing Zach Viner out at right back. Um, and yeah, George Channer, we don't know sort of how ready he is to make the step up, but you won't know unless you unless you try it, I guess. Exactly, and the, and the other thing is, I think uh, mostly, I, I guess you and Matt more than me, but you you've also talked about wing backs um, and and playing three at the back as a possibility. Now he's almost me, ruled it, he's and, almost ruled that out though, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. But for me, even if you're to entertain it. Wing backs become even more important than, let's say, full backs because wing backs provide all of your attacking intent mm. um, from the wide. And yes, we could do that on the left, you know, Jada Silva or Cameron Pring, ideal for a wing back role. But you can't be playing Viner or indeed Simpson as a wing back. The only person you could play there is Tanner. Yeah. Mm. Okay, right. Let's go through the minutes then. So the first minute, the ball is given away to Martin, um, who who takes it on a little bit, squares it to Campering, who, whose shot is blocked. You know, uh, it's one of those ones where it's the first minute, just getting into the game. Maybe Campering could have taken a shot a bit earlier, uh, but yeah, it was it's it's that classic moment, Matt, where it's we get a chance, don't we, in the first few minutes, and that sometimes can can uh, can dictate the whole game. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was the greatest ball from Chris Martin, if I'm honest with you. I thought he he left Cam Pringham to sort of change his stride pattern um, and it gave the defender an opportunity. Whereas if it, if it was a better ball, um, maybe played actually either a bit earlier or a little bit later, um, it, it would have been more of an opportunity. So yeah, for, for me, that was a wasted chance. And and with, with where we are at home, that maybe changes things you know yeah, exactly. it's the small margins of course it is I mean that's that's not just football that's sport isn't it mm. but yeah I, I thought it, they would have been nervous then or they obviously we were there last season when we went 2-0 up and still lost the game 3-2 yeah. so maybe <laughs> not but yeah it was a, a wasted opportunity definitely into the sixth minute, it's a chance for Luton. Uh, that that was well cut out by by Zach Viner. And as as much as we say he isn't uh, a natural right back, he is more of a of a right centre back. He's he's putting a shift in still, uh, Rob, and and putting in some good performances and doing what's essentially asked of him, I guess. Yeah, I think I think there's been some improvement in his defending, which you know primarily he is a defender. Uh, my concern, my concern, really is more just about the the threat going forward, which your you modern day fullback needs to have a bit of 
a bit of both. Right. Um, my yeah, like you say, Viner, Viner is is coming in with some some really good challenges at the moment. Where I think as a defender he still has a bit of an Achilles heel is when he's faced up one to one with somebody, they make the first move and he's too slow to follow them from a standing start. Mm. Um, and and that's where yeah, as I said, I think he can get caught out as a right back if somebody wants to go around the outside. And we have seen goals conceded a number of times from that. But at the moment, yes, give him his dues as a defender. Okay, into the ninth minute. Campering engineers a good chance with a run down the left, a bit of jinking, a bit of a Walshy shuffle. But the cross finds Alex Scott, who clearly doesn't favour using his head. Um, he sort of makes a bit of a hash of it, but it's another opportunity inside the first 10 minutes um and yeah matt that was a that was a good chance if that falls to chris martin you know that could arguably one one nil yeah um and and you have to say it was another good cross by campering um a bit like rob saying i i vine sort of struggles when he stands up pring's very good at making the defender stand up and then going past him getting a ball in um it was one of those he didn't really connect with it, did he, Alex Scott? Um, and, I, and I kind of went, admittedly, we're in the south end, south stands at the complete wrong end, but I looked at it and thought, could he have let it drop and tried to control it on his chest and then seen what was available? But, you know, if he if he puts it in, and, and you're right, maybe a Chris Martin um, does slightly better with that. Uh, but again, it was another good opportunity missed, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, or an Antoine Semenyo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a Famara like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, into the 13th minute. Uh, so a Masengo chance uh, sort of rebounds and falls to, I think, Vyman. Uh, I've got question marks here. I couldn't quite couldn't quite work out who it was in the melee, um, which which comes to nothing. But it comes to a corner. Uh, James Cross finds Baker, who heads over. And at that point, you know, we've seen it a, a number of times in the last few games. I've got no confidence that a header is going to be low enough and be kept under the bar. Um, saying that on the 18th minute, there was a much better header from Baker. But these 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 set pieces and the corners that are coming in, Matt. You know, we've we've got to start surely working on heading and keeping them down, haven't we? In training, I thought Matty James was going to bring us some some real quality from from set pieces. Um, and in the early part of the season, we were seeing that. I thought pretty much all of his corners last night were quite easy to defend against. Um, they weren't close enough to the keeper. They weren't whipped in enough. Um, it's funny that the one you're referencing, Baker's first had a, um, I keep saying about the guy behind me, but that is where he sat. Chris <laughs> behind me was sort of saying, oh, I'm unlucky, Bakes. And I took around and said, was it? He's, he's 10 yards out. <laughs> he's watched the ball come from the corner. He's beat his man and he's headed it over the bar. Is that unlucky? Not for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, and and. I don't know. It's, it's probably my one thing with Nigel Pearson that, that concerns me is, is his rigidity and stubbornness. And there's an element of, does Matty James need to take all of the, the corners and free kicks? Does Thomas Callas need to take those throw-ins? Oh, we'll come vary. on to those in a minute. Yeah, but, yeah. but vary it, isn't it? You know, Matty James's type of corner was the same last night. Some of them he, he overhit, but give someone else an opportunity. Try a left footer on that side to whip it in you know, with a natural angle rather than it always going away. On a and positive, on a positive, Matt, all of his corners did beat the first defender. So, yeah, they, you know, it's yeah. progress. Yeah, <laughs> they did. But he's better He's better than that. He's better yeah, than that. And, and I, didn't, I didn't think that. And I thought he looked very tired last night as well. He obviously had a bit, bit of a knock as well. But yeah, it was, 
as I say, I, I think we were easy to defend against from those set pieces last night. Okay. So into the 22nd minute now. It's the second long throw of the game from Callas. Both have taken 30 seconds to be <coughs> clean, the, for the ball to be cleaned, but both were easily dealt with. Went straight to a Luton man. It's like they've seen it done before. Um, so that's the 22nd minute. 24th minute is the third long throw cleared easily. 25th minute. A short throw from Callas is applauded by City fans. Did you notice that, Rob? I did, and I think didn't the ultimate chance then fall back to him? Yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> to take a volley or something like that. Um, did. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, he actually, I, which he actually executed quite well, but wide. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot better than the throws, put it that way. So uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you guys. It, for me, it's it's really tardy. Um, my biggest thing, and I know something that we've talked about from last season going into this season, is about being entertained. Right now, as an overall, and I know our, our friend Ian Gay was talking about it last night on the radio, we are not being entertained at home. And th- this throw-in deal is, it was one goal at Reading. It caught people on the hop. We scored. But I don't want it to be part of our fabric. It, it just doesn't make for good football, and we're not even very good at it. No, um, agreed. And, and and as Matt has said before, the time and the momentum lost. You know, if we're getting up ahead of steam, let's just keep going. And yeah. at the moment, I'm not seeing any of that. It's just too predictable, the, too the, laboured. The bit that surprised me as well, Rob, last night, is that there was one moment where he threw it in and it got headed or, or cleared straight out into the stand, got the ball back and still bloody wiped the towel. So unless it went to, to Mr. Sweaty from Sweatsville in the stand, I just don't get it. I don't no, get okay. it. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a sort of thing that, uh, so I, when I play five aside with Joe, he is so, so adamant to keep the ball moving and to keep, yeah. keep the momentum going. And I remember him being like that, you know, when he, when he played for City, he, he wouldn't, entertain Callas being allowed to take that time and take that throw in he would be absolutely berating him and there's no one on that pitch who was doing that uh, to be fair to be fair and five aside he'd be throwing it against the opposite wall wouldn't he no yeah. but you know just like keeping yeah. the ball just moving the instead of yeah, yeah just yeah. keeping their momentum keeping uh you know things for, going for me patch is is the, the 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 biggest crime for me around it all is it allows the opposition to set, set up reset and know exactly what you're going to do um, and I, I, yeah, Rob said it. I don't actually think it's a particularly great weapon. It's not. It's not flat. You know, it's not something that defenders are going to be really worried about. It's a loopy sort of one that if you're if you're a seven out of ten centre half, you're heading that away nine times out of ten, aren't you? Yeah. And I do think, as you said, the Reading one was because it was completely unexpected. It surprised us as fans, let alone the opposition. Whereas now, we we. I mean, we, we don't know, but you imagine that all football clubs have huge amounts of statisticians and know what teams set up like and know patterns of play, what players mm. do. They know that that's what we're going to do. So it just, yeah, beggars yeah. belief. Beggars the, belief. And, it, and it also it also stinks of, well, have you not got any other, other ideas? Lazy players. Yeah. 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 31st yeah, okay. minute. It was a driving run forward. This really got the crowd going from Hando Masengo. It works its way out wide to Viner, who unfortunately overhits his pass to Alex Scott. And then the momentum was very quickly sapped. But um, yeah, it was Hando Masengo 
obviously was our man of the match on Saturday. He, he his, his position changed for the game, Matt. And I think it sort of took a little bit out of his game in terms of how much he was able to get forward. But we saw, saw signs of it, like that particular driving run forward. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's one of them. It's it's difficult if you're being swapped around position wise. Um, I think I said it Saturday. I th- I thought, although I and, I and I absolutely would have played him in the middle last night. I think his most effective performances have been from wide, um, but he needs to he needs to be our centre midfielder because he is a a, a huge talent. Um, and as you said, it was a driving run. He was up against again some big boys in the middle last night, and I also felt that Matty James as I said, wasn't on his pomp. So I think he was doing a little bit more work um, than necessary. Plus you had Alex Scott wide, you had Cam Pring wide. And so they were they were getting a little bit overrun as well. So yeah, yeah. I think we've got to bear with him and stick with Han in there. Yeah. Um, but I agree that, you know, it, it perhaps wasn't as, I didn't think he was poor, but it wasn't as his influential. No, not, as, as poor, not poor by a long yeah. shot. Still one of the best players on the pitch. But yeah, it's that adjustment, isn't it, to a different position. Um, 32nd minute was absolutely crazy. So it's a triple let off. There was a parried shot from from Lansbury. The rebound is mishit. Then Mpanzu hit the bar after a lovely through ball from, from Lansbury. And then a header goes wide from Jerome. And that was all in the space of 45 seconds. And you just think, three chances, Rob. None of them have gone in. This, this has got to be our night. <laughs> Well, this well, conversely, this this is my frustration. We we've sort of flattered to, to deceive throughout the previous thirty-two minutes. Yet, Scott's non-header aside, we haven't actually again created anything. So there's a lot of bluster, and there's a lot of oh well, we've got good shape, and you know it's great. It's a bit of spin again, but. Again, I'm not being entertained. I'm not seeing us take a game to a side. I'm seeing us be in a game for 32 minutes. And then exactly like you say, one mad minute just goes to show what other sides are capable of doing to us that we're not showing that we're capable of doing to them. And to be honest, I know they're not going to have scored all three in that minute because as soon as one goes in, that's it. But... but. Yeah, you'll probably move on to a few more, but we could have been dead and buried at half-time last yeah, night. As we could have been on Saturday. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it's one of those as well, to save from Bentz. Um, yes, it came through the legs of a couple of players, but he parries it straight out in front of him. Um, and and how I think it might have been... Um, it was their number seven, wasn't yeah, it? The, the, yeah, the shit Jack Grealish lookalike. Um, That's it, yeah. can't think what his name is. Connor Chapman, maybe? Don't know. Um, I will have to have a look because he is a good player and he's done damage to us before. But Harry Cornick, make... Harry Cornick, that's it. Yeah, Harry Cornick Jr. I like his work. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he tried to be a bit too smart with it, but the the one that hit the bar and then I thought Jerome's chance. That I mean, that just looked a goal all the way as he headed it. Would you have taken just... Cameron Jerome if you were if you were offered him? Uh, yeah, I probably would. I probably would have done where we are now mm. um, because he is, I mean, he got about the pitch really well last night and he, and he caused all of our defenders problems, didn't he? Um, he, had, he had cramp after 60 minutes though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, I think, what was he at MK Dons last season, I think, um, and, and scored a fair few there, but you know, he's getting on a little bit, but he knows where the goal is and he, and he's, he's, he's championship smart, isn't he? Yeah. Um, 
but you're right that that passage of play was just farcical and I, I felt a little bit and this isn't because of what how the game panned out but I just felt again that the confidence with balls coming into the box we just looked nervy and and it may be the players that you know it's bang to get to you knowing our record as it is but that that passage of play as Rob says should have at least been one goal that doesn't necessarily mean that it would have gone on to two and three and certainly not within that passage but I think had Luton got in front, I didn't necessarily see us coming back from it. Yeah. Okay. So um, Nigel makes a change on the 37th minute. It's not the first time he's brought a young player off uh, in in the first half. I think he's done it with Backinson, Tyler, and now Alex Scott. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that, first of all, Matt, in terms of A, the change, and B, the knock it must have given Alex Scott? I think in the timing of when it was, it could have waited until halftime um, because it was so close anyway. I think it, a change needed to be made. Alex wasn't having the best of games. He was up against a, a strong sort of opposition. The bit I didn't like, I genuinely feel from a management point of view, Pearson should have been on the touchline as he takes him off and put an arm around his shoulder and look, this is why I've done this, X, Y, and Z. Coming out after the game and saying... It was tactical and mark my words, Alex Scott will play for England one day, which to be fair to Nigel Pearson, he did say to me at the High Performance Centre. So it is a view that he, he definitely has. Um, but I, that was the thing for me. I don't I don't think it was necessarily wrong tactically. I think it may have been able to have been left until halftime. But for me, he should have been on the sidelines as the manager putting his arm around him and saying, look, you know, don't worry, other games not to worry tonight sort of thing. Just in terms of the timing, um, Naki Wells was actually stripped down on the 33rd minute. Yeah. Again, this has happened so many times. He, he gets his iPad out and and, yep. and gives him the instructions and talks him through it. And then he's ready to come on and, and, and then something happens on the pitch and they delay it. I think we had a free kick and they didn't bring him on for the free kick. That's, that's the keto patch. We had a free kick. Yeah. I absolutely get If you're making a change for a forward or an attacking player and the opposition have a ball or a corner. Yeah, don't upset enough. the defence. But when you're talking about bringing on what is probably our most potent goal scorer or should be, and you've got an attacking move. He's going to go on and cause confusion, isn't he? Why, why would you not? So now I'm, I'm with you. But it seems to be, I mean, Lee Johnson used to do it all the bloody time, didn't he? So, yeah, frustrating. I think oh, that um, and sev several other instances last night, the throw-ins, a few other bits and pieces towards the end. I just wanted to get on there and just get, you know, get my hands down and do shake, 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 clap, clap, clap. Come on, let get get going. It's so slow. I thought you'd do a Taylor Swift routine then. <laughs> I um, The only thing that completely was off kilter for me is why was it Wells? I mean, you're, you're, you're taking a Scott plan. off. We've already yeah. debated... Semenyo starting. Semenyo's your obvious fit. Well, he puts um, Vyman out there, doesn't he? Well, yeah, but so he's he's trying to arrest something um, immediately, hence not doing it at half-time. You know, if it was Wells, half-time, yes. But if you're trying to quickly plug a, a, an obvious gap, just put your like-for-like like on. Yeah. You know, if it, if, it, if it was that obvious... Yeah, it's... Uh... It's your point, Rob, square pegs in rectangular holes or whatever it was you were trying to say. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah. it, is, it is, isn't it? I mean, Andy Weinman, I think we've all admitted we want to see play down the middle and that's where mm. we get the best out of him. He gets pushed wide, but you've got a, a bloke who came on and caused problems on Saturday Yeah, who's ready-made to go out there and he doesn't make that change. Just, no. yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, there's another great save from Bentley on the 41st minute. All I've got written here is point blank save from Bentley. I don't know if either of you can remember much about that. Jerome. Yeah, Jerome, was I think it was. Um, and, and it was, I mean, I think I said to you before the, the start of it, it's a save you expect your goalkeeper to make, although it is, you know, point blank, it's straight at him, but it's those kind of things you see week in, week out from a training point of view um, where they're, you know, making one save, diving across and making another one. So it was, don't get me wrong, very good save. I expect him to make that. Yeah. Okay, cool. But, but again, I'd say I expect them to score that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially someone like Jerome, yeah. Yeah. Okay, 45th minute, Luton throw in takes forever to come in. And what the reason for that was, because the player was looking for the towel. Did you notice that? He yeah, was like, no, com- noticed com- it became towel gate, didn't it? Complaining got, to, yeah. the, to the linesman, to the referee. Well, they had a yeah. towel. Why can't got, I have a towel? Yeah, got in the right piss, didn't he? It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was Harry Cornet. Yeah. 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 But did um, you see, um, I don't know if it was from Lee, because um, I read it last night and I didn't have my glasses on, um, but someone put in the, the WhatsApp group that if you have a towel, you've got to provide oh, it for right. the opposition. Okay. Um, and it's a point that Jeff made on Saturday, actually, mm. that. Is is that right? And I know you know we're not the only club. Loads of clubs do it, and have done for years. But you know that's that's external equipment, isn't it? That yeah, you want your predator gloves. But but that's exactly <laughs> it. If you're going to do that, then get get your your outfield players wearing like I don't know whatever they are, rock climbing gloves or whatever it is. But something yeah. that's got that little bit on it, so that you haven't got and and maybe that speeds it up a little bit. But I, I actually think he was right to have a bit of a moan about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so Luton hit the hit the upright from that, yeah. and some somehow once again we've gotten to half time without conceding a goal for the second game running. Uh, you know, sat there at half time. I, I sit next to a mate, mine Paul, and he was he was dejected, and I was I was not far behind him. But he's he, he put it put it basically bluntly. First half, the last couple of seasons what, what do you expect you expect to go in nil nil at half time unless we unless we convert that first chance that we get in the first five minutes it's gonna be nil nil at half time this must be a gambler's dream watching bristol city in the first half rob i'll come to you for that one <laughs> yeah well yeah you, you say that but my my gambling is more with heart um so so yesterday for example i had a a fiver on city to score three six corners to City and two bookings to Luton. Now, Luton did their business with the bookings. We wrapped up <laughs> the corners in the first half. Three goals, yeah, that was way, way beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's like you say, Patch, it's, you, could, you could write a script for it. It's sort of opening burst. Don't really make much of it, apart from, as I said, building up a bit of steam that dissipates really quickly so that mm. half, halfway through the first half, that's gone. And then for the last 15, 20 minutes, the opposition come into it. And then with their head of steam, they actually do something. But we just get the luck that they don't score. Cool. So it's half time, and I always read out our half time summary from Rob Blamey, but he's here with us now. But I'll read it out anyway. Uh, not buying into the good energy and effort. Again, we're lucky to not be behind at half time, and tonight it could have been a few. Whilst our chances are half ones at best, theirs have been proper chances. They've shown ability to open us up with fast paced attacks with purpose. We show very little threat in comparison. 
odd sub. Surely Semenye was a more obvious swap. But again, Baker is too slow for left back. Not coincidentally, their right wing is providing uh, is proving a regular threat. We need more dyna- dynamism, mobility and purpose all around. So thanks for that, Rob. Loads of stuff. At least I'm consistent this morning. Eh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Stuff. Exactly. Okay, into the second half. So we see a change at half time. Um, and I don't actually know if it was announced over the tannoy. I saw yeah, Jade. It was, was it? Yeah, so Jade yeah. Silva was um, obviously warming up in the second half of of, of uh, the halftime break. Um, he comes on for for Viner. Matt, yeah. <laughs> um, where where does the shape go there? Uh, honestly, Callas goes out to right back. Yeah. <laughs> And again, you're then playing another player out of position, although I know he's played there and played there a lot for Middlesbrough when he was on loan. Um, everyone, to a man, I'm sure, and woman and child, would have thought that um, when he saw De Silva clearly coming on because he had his kit stripped, that it was Baker that was coming off. Um, and for it to be Zach Viner, who, I, you know, I, I agree with Rob. I think defensively, he did better, um, although he still got sort of... Um, caught flat-footed a couple of times, but I thought he did better. It's it's the going forward where he's struggling. He, he, he's hitting balls from too far out and they're not always the, the greatest. But I just felt it was a stone, you know, Baker was going to come off. And not, not again, not that he played badly, but he's playing out of position. And when I saw that it was Viner, I was like, Jesus, what are we doing here? Mm. Um, and it, did, it didn't feel, with that change, it didn't then feel to me like an attacking change. It just felt like then again, we were having to move players around and not getting the best out of the players. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's the fact that it's, it's another shift of yeah. personnel around. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Wells thing. Okay, we'll do that. We'll move this person. We'll move that person. Yeah. We'll make another sub. Right, we'll move that person. Move that person. Where, where's the simplicity? Yeah, of, like for like. Of, of, of doing, yeah, of doing the yeah. bloody obvious. And, um, but... and, and like you say, Callas has played there before. Yeah. But Viner is being played as a right back. Absolutely. So, you know, where's, at least where's the sense there. Yeah. I just and, and you're then talking about and, and I don't I genuinely don't think this can be argued really, but your best centre half being pulled out from playing centre half, and you're then playing two left footers as centre halves in the middle. And so again, the balance is just not there. And that's from a manager who played his entire career as a centre half. Just mm. Okay, into the 57th minute, and the moment comes, a goal. The first <laughs> first goal since the opening day of the season for us at Ashton Gate. Um, and Baker claimed it, but it was clearly an own goal. It was a great delivery in from Jada Silva, which is what you want him on the pitch for, really, to get those crosses in from the left-hand side. Uh, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a well-executed own goal, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, interestingly enough, Matty James was injured um, at the point of taking the free kick. So what we've talked about, and Matt said, it's almost like he's had exclusivity over corners and, and free kicks into the box. Because he was injured, up steps somebody else. What happens? Yeah. We scored. Um, I, I'm not convinced it's an own goal. Has it been credited as an own goal? Well, it, it, definitely, it definitely was an own goal. Yeah, but he got something on it, didn't he? Um, I don't know if he did. You have to have to watch it again in, in yeah. s- slow motion, but it seems to just come over and sort of come it off was, of his shoulder almost. It was credited to him, wasn't it? 
Right. It was credited to Baker, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's changed this morning or look now, but it was last night, definitely. Okay. But it was, yeah, it sort of just sort of flopped into the corner, didn't it? Yeah. It, was, it certainly wasn't a bullet header into the if you, corner. If you had a bet on Nathan Baker to score, cash oh, out now. Over it. Yeah, cash yeah. out now. It is, it is down, it's Nathan Baker. Wow, yeah. blow me. Okay. Well, we'll we'll have to get to the dubious goals panel at some point. Um, but yeah, thought, fair play to Baker for his. In which case, fair play to Baker for his perseverance and keeping his header down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, one 0 But uh, but that was eleven minutes from the break. Nothing nothing really happened. The game was still a little bit slow. Uh, lack of urgency. Trying to break that hoodoo. Fifty seventh minute, we get the goal. Sixty um, third minute, the, the defender is all over Chris Martin. Uh, and that was that happened quite a few times. He was complaining to the linesman about you know being getting put in a headlock and all sorts, and he was getting absolutely battered all over all over the pitch. Um, and that was a chance for us. Uh, there was a chance for us after that. Matty James had a right foot shot over and um, wide, but claimed the deflection. I don't know, Matt, from your angle, if you could see any deflection of any sort. I I couldn't, but he was pretty. He was vehemently arguing with the ref, wasn't he? That he thought it was. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, seventy uh, fourth minute. Bentley saves at the near post. Again, uh, a good save from Bentley. Into the eightieth minute now. Pring comes off. King comes on. Matt, what shape did we go for then? I I had no idea. Uh, no, I I haven't. I've got to be honest. Um, and I I, I don't think the players did either. On the eighty fourth no. minute, Fleming and Downing were shouting across them, shouting three, three, three. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there seemed to be so much confusion on the pitch. I agree. Um, and, and actually, I was surprised that it was for Pring, um, who, again, I didn't think looked any more tired than he he, he does normally. Um, but I thought Matty James was was clearly carrying a knock. So that that seemed the obvious one for me um, and for, for Keane to go in there. But Do you think you know, James, I, James and Weimer maybe have got a clause in their contract that they can't be substituted? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but... <laughs> Um, it yeah it it we I couldn't tell you what shape we were we were playing then. Um, there was no one on the part, left, was there? Part of, part of my nerves. Well, I suppose Jay was pushing on, wasn't he? So Jay was there, but yeah, my my nerves kind of probably dictated what I was feeling at the time. And I, I said, I said, I said to uh, I'm going to start being like you. I said to the man next to me, um, in a minute. King's going to come on. We're going to go all defensive. We're going to invite the pressure on, and they'll probably yeah. get a goal in the last minute. Yeah. Lo and behold. And I, I, again, I think had it been for Matty James, I would have got that because, as I said, he was carrying a knock. But to, to change it and bring Pring off and, and put him in there, it just felt like, again, you're inviting the pressure where, you know, a Semenya or a Palmer, if James was perfectly okay, um, might have given us more of a, you know, more of an attacking intent. But it seemed as though we did, we did seem to drop back into a five, I thought. Um, and again, invite the pressure on. Yeah. Rob, what do you think of uh, of that that last sort of you know before the before the equaliser? Um, how many times have we seen it where we go a goal up and then think that's it? Right, we'll 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 defend to the hills, invite the pressure on. It just seems to be something that's inbuilt into our DNA. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, Patch. It's. Uh... As I said, we're almost looking to nick one nils at home at best. Um, and and we, in, in that, we're always going to have this problem. These 
perceived negative shoring up substitutions exactly takes all the emphasis away to, right, okay, come and attack us. We, we think we can hold you out. But where's the old adage of, you know, attack being the best form of defence? And and actually, if we if we actually started playing with more intent, full stop, and thought, let's go and beat a side 2-3-4-0, we, we wouldn't even have to traverse these sort of last half hours where we're just like hoping that we can hold out. So, yeah, it's, it almost creates that uncertainty by just inviting the ball into the box. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, the the, the equaliser comes in the 90-plus whatever minutes, but it's one that Dan Bentley's not going to want to see again in a hurry. He's he sort of, Rob Atkinson is shepherding it back so that Dan Bentley could pick it up. I don't even know if he picks it up and drops it. It just comes to the to the Luton player, squares it, and it's the easiest goal that that, that lad's ever going to score, Matt. Yeah, Hilton, who I think has had his injury problems, and that was his first championship goal, but it's it's a Dan Bentley ricket, isn't it? Um, the worry, I think, moving forward is that you, you get moments like that again where Atkinson's doing what you want him to do and shepherding it out. He's then going to panic going forward, thinking, is this the right thing to do? In, in many ways, he puts it out for a corner. We set ourselves. Bentley just pushes it behind. We set ourselves. Bentley picks it up, which wasn't the most difficult thing in the world to do. We're, we're on the, the, the front foot, aren't we? And um, Goalies make a mistake. It, it often is costly. Um, and I can I can take I can take sort of saves that maybe they should have got, or but that to me is just the most basic of of goalkeeping errors. And I don't know, Patch. We we talked about it before. You know, does the captaincy mm. is is that playing on bench? Because I don't I don't feel as well as he, he made a couple of really good saves last night. I I'm not as confident or I'm not feeling his confidence as much this season. Um, and that's a couple of m- mistakes that he's made. He got away with the, the push out last night. Yes, he made, as I say, he made a couple of good saves. But yeah, for, for me, and Nigel Pearson said it afterwards, didn't he? When he was asked um, along the lines of, you know, was it a, a goalkeeping error or blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, well, you, you've asked the question, so you know the answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he didn't hang him out to dry, and he, and he could have done, because... I, I would have been so disappointed with it because it was it was crap goalkeeping. It really was, wasn't it? And if he hasn't been such a brilliant player for us so far, you know, you would get fans starting to talk about, well, let's get Max O'Leary in there because that's that's just one, an experienced pro like him, we should be seeing the game out from there. Is there any chance, Rob, that you think that Nigel will bring Max O'Leary in for Saturday? No. no yeah, no, no chance of bringing him in for Saturday, but... Yeah, it, it was poor. It, it was just like, like you say, there were so many other decisive options. Yeah. And I it, just, by the way, I just did that almost... so that I can use that as a soundbite for where Max O'Leary does come in on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was almost like he was sticking his hand into a hornet's nest. You know, it, 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 it was, it was or, like... Or that scene from Flash Gordon where he's putting his hand into the... You probably know what the name of the thing is, actually, don't you? But, you know, when Peter Duncan puts his hand into the pit where that little <laughs> thing comes up and grabs him. It was a bit like that. Oh, I'm a bit scared. What Yeah, it was, it was like a little tentative yeah. or, or like a, a bush tucker trial. Yes, that's a better, <laughs> better analogy. It, it, was, it was literally just sort of... Paul Burrell, tent- yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's just really tentative and sort of, oh, can I, can I put my hand in? Can I have a little touch of the ball? 
And it, it was just, what what's going on? Mm. You know, just... I couldn't believe it. Just couldn't, could not yeah, believe yeah. my eyes. Okay. Definitely, uh, not, definitely not a foul, though. No, no. I, mean, I know you, I Radio sort of, Bristol were sort of banging on about a foul for a bit, weren't yeah, they? You so, just, yeah, you just hope, don't you? Whenever whenever City concede a goal, I, <laughs> I, I think, well, that must be offside or there must have been a foul because we can't concede a goal. How, how dare they? <laughs> not like that, especially, yeah. Uh, okay, we got have lots of tweets. I'm going to try and get through some because we need to finish it uh, just before nine. Um, so, Lee Williams, this will be a season of inconsistency, some wonderful performances, some dire ones and some in the middle. My first Focus is 50 points and the team maintaining their effort and application so we can build from something. Nigel won't risk too much flair as one point is better than no points. Um, he went on to say, I think I think we'll do well to finish 15th or higher. Look at the current position um, in of the teams we've played. We're mid-table and only two teams above us. Um, and one of those level on points. Next few games are the real indicator of how tough it might be this season. And that's a great point, Rob, isn't it? You know, the teams are playing next, obviously, QPR, Fulham, Bournemouth, uh, I think it is. So it's uh, that's going to be the real test. But I, I, so, so, for some reason, I actually fancy us to, to perform better against the better teams. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. And historically, that's that's something that we do, but I think that's something we do when we actually look more of a threat. So perhaps, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is, maybe overconfidence previously against some of the weaker teams um, and we become sloppy. Um, and whereas against the stronger teams, we are just a little bit more focused. My only worry at the moment is because we're carrying so little threat, better teams will cash in where your Lutons and your Prestons haven't. Yeah. Um, QPR, I'm almost, and again, you could use this as a soundbite if it goes wrong, I'm more confident about QPR away than I am Fulham at home. Oh, yeah. 100%. Playing away, we're a different team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, as I say, I, I do feel sorry for people who don't don't go to away games. Um, so Fev's Fev's replied to Lee uh, at Fev's football uh, as a classic case of preseason. Loads of fans saying we are in a, in for a tough season and some a relegation battle, but expect us to boss games against teams they thought would be above us. It's a tough league. We are competitive, harder to beat, but it's going to be a slow evolution. And, and Matt, I think I replied to that. Can we? find ways of speeding up evolution. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is a tough league. Um, and we are more competitive than we were in the last half of last season. Um, yeah, or, I mean, or are as we? I say, well, yeah, we are. I'm not, I'm not sure. And, and you've got to be careful because I'm taking sort of last night's game in, in isolation somewhat. I'm not, I'm not sure last night. I didn't see us being physically or mentally stronger last night, which is what I thought I would see from a Nigel Pearson side. Um, and I, and I, I felt again, you know, we've said it so many times, but it was it was players played in wrong positions, which I thought after the Lee Johnson era, you know, we, we wouldn't see that um, unless we had those injuries. So there, there's definitely been signs of progress and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not going to go all negative, but it it's, very difficult to argue the case when you look at some of those stats for the home record. Um, and it's something that has to be corrected. Um, 
and and I I I probably would shake it up a little bit the weekend. Um, you know, I'm, I'd, I'd give a couple of players a rest um, and and just give something different. I don't think he will for a minute. I don't think he will for a minute. No, either. no, I, I really don't. I think he's. Um, well, I do think he's stubborn. Um, I, I do. I think he has I don't his think ways, he's as, his ways I, of playing. I don't think he's as stubborn as I thought he might be. He's made some tweaks and some some changes. You know, like coming down to the dugout uh, for some some of the last few games, making a few tweaks, putting almost going four four two at some points, and putting Vyman up the top instead of instead of um, you know out wide or right of a three. So I I can see where you're coming from, but he's not as stubborn as I thought he might be. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess stubborn might not be the right word. He's his own man, isn't he? And I, and I yeah. don't think any anyone tells him what to do. You know, we've said about, and and he will pick up on media comments and things like. I'm sure he does. But you know, we've said about the towel. We've said about players wrong position. It's not going to change the way that he does things. Mm. Um, and and his interviews is it's, it's starting to grate on me a little bit when you know after the game is like. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do any in-game impression of him. But he kind of acknowledges it and, yeah, yeah, well, do something about it. Let's, you know, <laughs> shape, yeah, get, get some other players in there. In, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I did like his three unbeaten and little little wink to Dave Barton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, and, and I mean, a couple of people said that on the radio, and, and that is true. It's the fact, but isn't it? Yeah. It's, if, if, if we're talking about Fulham, Bournemouth, um, Sheffield United as three unbeaten at home, then that isn't bad. But when you're talking about Blackpool, Luton, Preston, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Mm. Okay, a few more tweets I want to get in. So thanks for all the engagement last night. Um, Ingi, the mighty Ingers, only 16K in tonight. So the crowds are dropping off, unfortunately. So are the performances. I was relatively happy with Blackpool and Swansea despite the results, but these latest two have worried me slightly. Agree with that. Russ Jenner, that first half was some of the worst I've seen. Absolutely walking through us at times. Playing centre halves at fullback doesn't work. They're not as mobile as proper fullbacks. Uh, Wilco uh, Dickey, easy strider one. Predictable patterns of play. Defence opened up easily again. Next up, Fulham at home. Right back, a big issue. Steve Baker, I nearly crashed my car on the way home listening to Radio Bristol when the chap said he thought we were the better team in the first half. Clearly watching a different game to me. Luckily, Matthew Withers put him right. And you did, Matt. You said something like, yeah, I don't know what you're watching there, mate. You're clutching his straws. <laughs> yeah, I said, I mean, and, and, and Rich, to be fair, and, and I got a lot of time for Rich, but Rich sort of said, didn't he, that, well, you know, maybe, maybe I am trying to be look for the positives, but... Yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. No one can deny Luton deserved to get some out of the game. I disagreed with someone, and it might have been Rich, it might even have been Gary, that said a draw would have been a fair result. It wouldn't. A Luton yeah. win was the only fair result on the balance of play. Mm. Um, but in the scheme of the timing, etc., you know, may, maybe that's what they're referencing, but yeah. Rob, I want you to pick up on this because I know what Matt's thoughts are. Um, Nigel Pearson not in the dugout at all tonight. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally get the, the viewpoint. You know, the you definitely get a better view if you're up in the stands. Of course you do. You can see the actual positions of players on the pitch. Um, so it is it is a balance. I, I probably, well, not probably, I totally agree with you what you referenced in the first half with Alex Scott coming off early. I think your manager needs to be there to 
to console him and give him yeah. that that well hopefully he did that at half time but yeah so yeah can't. yeah isolating him there probably wasn't the, the best thing to do um i don't know of other managers that do it can we think of others that that do it a hundred percent you know ones that are sort of at the, the more successful end of the game Sam Allardyce did, but not not for the entire game and not week in, week out, did he? So I mean, um, he, he was down there for the whole game uh, in the last home game, wasn't he, against yeah. Preston? But the but whole... that doesn't really make sense. If you've got a theory yeah. that you want to be up top, be up top. Yeah. But, you know, so with, the ideal with balance for me, where you come back down. The ideal balance for me is first half, maybe even first 60 minutes. Okay. Last half, last half an hour. Game management is something we've caught, he's called out himself, and we have. You you need to have your manager on the touchline, your focal point. He's the sort of person who's one of his main strengths is his presence, absolutely, uh, and he's he's nowhere to be seen. Absolutely, that, that's the the key thing for me, Patch. Is that at the end of the game when things are getting nervous and you know you've got the play, you, you want your manager, the voice, to be the one that stood there and telling them what to do. I I guess I'm surprised with Nigel Pearson when you hear him come out and say things like being on the sidelines is just theatrics. Theatrics. Um, he doesn't do a lot of coaching. Um, you, you kind of think, okay, well, if you don't do a lot of coaching and you're there from a man management point of view, you can't man manage people from the stand unless you're managing your, your guys on the well, end of the Well, case in mobile. point, the 84th minute, Fleming and Downing were both shouting across yep. three, three, three. Yep. And, and you know, yep. that's one, one, one voice, Nigel Pearson bellowing out, what yep. are you doing? I told you to do this, you know? Yeah. I, I, I Again, this, I know, I know why Nigel Pearson saying what he says. And as Rob said, yes, you do get a better view, but, no, I'm not having it. I, I want to see my manager on the touchline. Um, right, especially guys, at the got, end of the game. We've got eight minutes. So, Matt, yep. do you want to rattle through the ratings? Yep, we'll um, do. And then we'll quickly, if we've got time, pick our team for that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Um, so, Dan Bentley made some great saves. I've said I wasn't overly confident um, with some of the balls going in. And the, 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 the mistake at the end is massively costly. So, you know, we, we say six is what we would expect. It has to be a five. Um, I'm not going to go lower than a five because he did make some good saves, but it's got to be a five for me. Zach Viner, very difficult not really to do anything other than a five because of getting subbed off at halftime. Um, it, it wasn't, you can't call that tactically really because he was replaced by centre half. So five for Zach. Um, Jay De Silva coming on. I thought Jay did okay, actually. I thought he caused quite a few problems. Um, obviously he was playing more attacking. Um, so I've gone... Seven for Jay because I did think he put some really good crosses in. Um, and I'd probably, I probably wouldn't go that hefty given yeah. it was only one half of football. I'd, I'd give him a yeah, six fair, and say, fair, Yeah, I did a job. Fair point. Zach, uh, sorry, Zach Patch. You're... I was, I was happy to go along with a seven personally. He had an impact on the game, he got an assist. I think he should have started. Okay, so, so seven, seven it is. Unlucky, yeah. Okay, um, Nathan Baker. Um, I'm gonna go six defensively. I thought he did okay. Um, if he did get the goal, you know, does that warrant a seven? I mean, he didn't probably do anything too wrong, but I, again, I always worry a little bit, not, or not worry, but when he's on the ball, he doesn't do very much, does he? So um, I think in the manner of what it was, there aren't many that are going to go above a six. So I've gone six for Nathan. Rob Atkinson, um, both him and Thomas Callas, I thought, 
you know, they're, they're up against experienced players and physically strong players, and, and we did pretty well. But there were an awful lot of chances that, that Luton created through the middle again. Um, again, the, the goal, Atkinson could have cleared it. He didn't need to rely on Bentley and, and argue with that. So I've got to go. I'll, I'll go a six. I'm not going to go as low as a five, but it, it could easily be a five. I think, yeah, I think they could. And the key for me is what the score could have been. Yeah. And it only wasn't down to yeah. goalkeeping and bad yeah. finishing. Yeah. Uh, if they'd have taken their chances, we'd have been saying fives or fours for both of them. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I think that's fair, Rob. I'll go two fives. Yeah. Um, Matty James. I've got to go five again. I didn't think he did very much. wasn't very influential, I could expect. Alex Scott. I'm going to go for thirty-four minutes. Can I'm, we? I'm, well, I think you've got to. I'm going to go five, <laughs> just because he didn't have much. I'm not. I'm not going to go lower than that. He's a young lad. He's being played out of position, um, and he, you know. So I'll go five and, and be kind from that point of view. Andy Vyman, Chris Martin. I gave two sixes Saturday last night. I didn't think they did enough. Um, you know. Rob referenced it in his note. The endeavour, the energy, that's what you expect. Um, they didn't look like scoring, so two fives. Um, Campering, a couple of good crosses in. Uh, it worries me a little bit that he seems to fade so much. Um, so I'm going to go five for Cam. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I would probably up him to six based on the fact that he was the one who did offer us threat. Yeah. I think, I think okay. his yeah. crosses were the, the actual okay. biggest threat we had. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm happy with six. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, Hanoa uh, didn't have the influence. Um, he's the brightest sort of spark we've got, really. Um, I've given Jay seven, and, and like Rob said, that could have been a six. So I've got to say, I probably have to give seven for Hanoa on that. And, and again, in a poor game, was still probably my man of the match, um, just from what I would expect. I don't I don't know who else I'd have given Man of the Match to, really. Right. Maybe Cam. I don't know. Yeah, um, seven seven from, yeah, seven and Man of the Match yeah. for Han. And then, did Naki Wells come on for enough? Yeah. Um, Naki ran around a little bit, didn't necessarily look like he was going to do anything. He showed a bit of urgency um, and a bit of, a bit of aggression for me, which is something yeah. that we missed. Um, yeah. And, and you could argue he still didn't get the service, really. No, he didn't no. have the service that, 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 Byman and Martin had in the first Com- half. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, so I'll, I'll... and Nodge Pearson made a comment as well afterwards, something along the lines of if players who get a chance and don't take their chance. I don't know if he was referring to Wells, but yeah, yeah, we'll go, go six. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a poor, poor performance. Is that everybody? I think I it is. Think it? so. Yeah. yeah, Nigel. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. I you know, you, you want your manager, he's got to pick a team, get that right. He's got to make the tactical changes, get that right. You know, a gain result. Be in the dugout it's, a little bit. Got to be a, it's got, it's probably the lowest I've gone, but it's got to be a four for me for last night because I did think he got fundamentals wrong. I really do. Um, mm. Maybe that's how I feel this morning, but yeah, I'm going to go four. Lovely. Right. So we've got a couple of minutes left. Very quickly, um, your changes for uh, Saturday, Rob? Um, De Silva in at left back for Baker. Semenyo in on the right. I would like to see Callum O'Dowder, um, but I think he's got to be in the squad first, hasn't he, in the actual, yeah. on the bench. But I think longer term, I would rather see us 
go with a Semenyo and a Calamo Dowder, who their natural game is to go at players. I would rather they, in this formation, were the wide players. I think at some point you've got to rely on your two midfielders because they're not central midf- uh, defensive midfielders per se. I think they are just genuine central midfielders. So with that, you could then go a 10 and a centre-forward and or even two centre-forwards. Mm. But okay. I'd like to see a bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, Matt? Def- definitely De Silva. Um, and I would be looking at Semenyo coming wide right. So um, Semenyo for Scott and De Silva for yep. Baker. Yeah, yeah. That would okay. be the, the starting point. If if Odeida was fit, I may even look at dropping Campering um, back or maybe even resting Cam for a little bit and bringing Callum in. Joe Williams, if Joe Williams is fit, that might be an option to give Matty James a rest. I don't know. It depends on, on what we've got. But but definitely, all things being equal, those two changes for sure, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Thank you both so much. Um, we'll be on the train on Saturday morning up to QPR. And as I said at the start, by then we'll be buoyant and looking forward to it. But it just feels a bit flat this morning. Um, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed listening to that. And it's... Uh, given you a bit of therapy as, as it seemed to be our role for the last sort of half of last season. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, please do retweet this episode to enter into that prize draw for those uh, Roof Studio prints. Um, we'll put that together with all the retweets from the game against Preston. Um, and yeah, we'll be back soon. Matt, take care. Daniel Patch, thanks for joining and us, Rob. Rob. Cheers for, for bailing out sets at the last minute. <laughs> no worries. Thanks. Nice, fellas. Thank you. Cheers. Take, take care. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.